Shoecast is brought to you by Modus Operandi Brewing. Based in Monoville on Sydney's northern beaches, they're one of Australia's best craft brewers. Be sure to check the guys out online or why not visit the brewery. Thank you to Modus for your support of the show. Well, six has become four. We're into the semi-finals this week after some absorbing semi-finals. A couple of absolute cliffhangers to talk me through that. And everything else that's happening around the Shoot Shield scene is Andrew Swain from Stansport and Mark Cashman from Rebby News. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to Shootcast. Shootcast, our semi-finals review. Joining me on the podcast tonight is Andrew Swain from Stansport. Hello, Swainy. Hello, Burjo. We are down to four. Yes, six has become four. Also joining us on the line is Mark Cashman from Revenues. G'day, Casho. Yeah, what a what a weekend of rugby. Actually, great uh, great couple of club games uh, in um, in Sydney, of course, and uh, up in Brisbane. Uh, yeah, some good stuff going on, isn't there? Plenty of things happening on the club scene. Test scene's about to get back underway this weekend, though, Swaney. You're looking forward to uh, our internationals coming back after a, uh, a week off. Yeah, double header in Adelaide. So mm. head down to Adelaide. We've got Wallaroos taking on the Black Ferns, um, which, you know, they, they need to bounce back, don't they? They've really struggled over the last sort of couple of months. Um, and, you know, with a World Cup on the horizon, they really need to put in a good performance. And then... Yep. Follow that straight up with an afternoon test match at Adelaide Oval against the Springboks for the Wallabies. And, mate, it's all live on nine and Stan Sport the whole way through. So, um, yeah, you'll be able to spend the afternoon watching uh, from midday through to, um, you know, nearly the news. You're watching test rugby. And then uh, Sunday we've got our, our club rugby. So, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an epic weekend. And, yeah. and, and Swaney. What about that all-star coaching team that the Black Ferns have got, headed up by Wayne Smith, who's probably one of the better coaches in world rugby at the moment, and, 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 you, and you've got a bloke called Sir Graham Henry uh, just uh, throwing in uh, throwing in his two cents worth and bearing other people uh, going round. So it's, it's a wonder that the Black Ferns are playing so well, 52-5 against the Wallaroos, but uh, we'll see if we can... Uh, Rain that in a wee bit. Yeah, look, it, it almost feels a little bit unfair, doesn't it? Like, you know, um, and, and, you know, with all due respect to the Wallaroos coaching staff, of you know, Jake Trigoning and Scotty Favour and those guys, like, mm-hmm. well, you've got Sir Graham Henry, who's a World Cup winner, Wayne Smith, who is, you know, as you say, probably one of the most sought-out-after coaches in the world. Those guys, are, they're just getting greedy, I reckon. They just want another World Cup, don't they? Yes. I think so. What's the Wallaby squad, mate? There's been uh, some interesting um, and notable returns uh, to the side. Um, how are we sort of feeling heading into the weekend and, and any maybe early inklings on uh, test team selection? Yeah, look, I think, um, you know, I think this will be a really big test for the Wallabies first and foremost. They, they you know, they played really well against South Africa for whatever reason. South Africa, when they tour Australia, they struggle, right? Like it's just, mm. it's some, there's something in the water or it's the air that they breathe is different or I don't get it. It just, they play differently when they come to Australia. And I don't know whether that's by design or just by, 
um, you know, how they, you know, how it all falls into place for them. But yeah, yeah I, I think the Wallabies will get a fair bit of personnel back, uh, and you know, just in the nick of time, really. Um, I think we might see Alan Alatoa back. I think, uh, you know, we might see Reese Hodge starting. I reckon, yep. like, I just feel like those two guys are safe bets. Yeah. And if they're fit, I don't know why the Wallabies would go away from them. So, um, you know, Tupo had his chance to start in that second test against Argentina. And really, I, I just don't think he, I, I just don't know whether he's a good starting prop. Like, he's an mm. epic finisher. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, like he, he's just he just hasn't ever set the world on fire when he starts. So, uh, I, look, I, I hope that we still see him come on and dominate. That'd be good. But Alan always puts in a good, you know, fifty, sixty minutes, and and um, and then Hodgie, you know, he, he's he's just a safe bet at the moment, isn't he? Um, yeah, you know, safe at the back, or you could throw him in at ten. Or like it'd be interesting to see if they did that. That that's really the big question mark over. The Wallaby squad is at the moment, guys, is the fly half position. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, just can't seem to find some consistency. But they're going to have to uh, try and find some form because they've got a really big test um, coming up this week. And obviously, Bernard Foley back in in the frame too. Yeah, that that's very like. Uh, I mean, you know, we we did it with Quaid and mm. uh, Rennie did it with Quaid last year, and it was a raging success. And and from all reports, Nard is fitter than he's ever been. He feels like he's got a new lease on life from what I understand. Yeah. Um, you know, he's relaxed, a uh, bit more worldly experience. I've called a couple of games that he played in up in um, Japan for uh, the Kubota Spears and he was, you know, always, uh, you know, dominating. So mm. um, I don't see why he can't have the same effect that Quaid did, uh, you know, particularly because Quaid actually underplayed his hand quite well. If Nard does the same thing. Um, you know, that, that's a really steady hand for the Wallabies they might need. And, and boys, while we're talking about these games, you, you mentioned this uh, great record that Wallop, the Wallabies have. We haven't been defeated by South Africa on home soil since uh, since 2013. And, uh, listen, we can't really say that uh, about many other teams in the world and certainly not teams of the standing of uh, South Africa, really. It's... Uh, it's quite an incredible record and you'd have to be scratching your head about uh, why it's happened. And, uh, you know, you know, it, you know, we're like that kryptonite. I, I noticed in, in some of the media commentary just over the past couple of days. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're in there with, uh, with, uh, with a crack at this one, I reckon. Let's hope that transpires on the weekend. Looking forward to seeing the uh, Wallabies back in action and hopefully in a positive note. Right, only two games to talk about this week uh, in the Shoot Shield, our two semifinals. Semi-final number one was on uh, Saturday last weekend uh, at North Sydney Oval. Manly going down to the Woodies. Manly 26, Eastwood 32. Um, I was there with the rest of my Manly uh, friends and family and uh, hoping for a a day to change our fortunes, coming off uh, six straight losses, unfortunately. We made it seven to finish the year, and that was um, very sobering, to be honest. It was just a really disappointing way to finish the season, just, I guess, in the manner of all those losses. So they're all so tight. Um, obviously, we started the year with a, with a, with a really um, good run of tight wins, finished it with a really bad run of, of tight losses. Um, Performance-wise, Woody's really did seem to 
keep Manly at arm's length for most of the match. Tane Edmund was by far and away the player of the day, um, making line breaks, setting up tries, crossfield kicking for wingers, uh, flawless with the boot, and making try-saving tackles. Um, the last 10 minutes of the game was very interesting. Manly uh, did seem to have the running on Eastwood a little bit um, with their substitutions and were in uh, the six-point range with a couple minutes to go. Um, I think there was a, 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 a break from Nabil Akasi and he offloaded to Aaron Blacklock with who was absolutely on the charge with about eight metres to get to the try line and stopping him and probably a manly victory was Tane Edmund. And unfortunately, Aaron could not get either side of him and sort of <laughs> collided straight into him. And Edmed was good enough to uh, get underneath him and it was held up. And as we know, with the new laws, it's not a five-minute scrum. It was a 22 and that pretty much killed the Marlins off. But um, it was a bitterly tough way to finish the year there, uh, Swaney. Oh, yeah. I mean, 22 points for Tane Edmed first and foremost. Like when yep. you talk about... Guy, you know, teams that come into the finals with experience, like Eastwood, like Sydney Uni, mm. guys that kick their goals and um, you know make minimal mistakes, uh, and that you know that that was just special that try saver. Like, yeah, it was. how he got underneath him, you know, with and Blacklock scored the try just beforehand as well. He and, did, you know, yeah. and he would, yeah, he he. Scored it in pretty good fashion too. Like he, he had to, he had a bit of work to do, and yeah, he had um, a good cameo. Yeah, brilliant cameo, brilliant cameo, and um, you know, but I just felt like the Woodies they had that experience, didn't they? Even though they might not in big games, and and you know, over the last, you know, it's a fairly different team to the ones that, that have gone by from Eastwood. Yeah, that have won premierships. It just feels like they've. That the culture at that club, and they had to win those those tight final games. Oh, for sure. Um, and you know, you put someone like Edmed in that box seat as well. That really helps. Um, but yeah, there's definitely some strong IP finals IP, you would say, at Eastwood, and um, they know how to get it done at the right end of the year. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, from a manly perspective, just disappointing. We, we probably, you know, in we seem to have lost our way a little bit in terms of the way we wanted to play. Most of the year has relied heavily on a very um, persistent box-kicking game, lots of contestable kicks. Um, Manly's streak this year has probably been their breakdown work, so trying to isolate and, and force turnovers has probably been our go-to, but probably just haven't had enough X-factor in the, in, in the, in the probably the, the back three there. Um, but, yeah, it was... Um, Another bit of pill to swallow for a Marlins fan, Casho. That's, if you can believe it, we haven't won a finals game since 2015, and that is 11 straight finals losses to Eastwood since we beat them in the grand final in 97. Well, that's a, uh, that, that's a record to uh, try and forget, Burjo, really, isn't it? But, uh, yeah. So, you know, like just, just being a bit, uh, a bit ruthless in the analysis here, they, they look like a team that, uh, Lacked a bit of cohesion early on, and uh, yeah. 
the more Eastwood got into the game, the, the you know the more confident they got, and uh, you know that man Edmed just uh, just had a day out. I, I know you mentioned Swaney, twenty two points. There was a cross field kick that uh, resulted in a try, and then of course uh, he saved another one. So what's that? That's pretty much thirty two points yeah. that he's contributed in that in some form or other. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Manly, I thought Burjo didn't really get cracking until. Until uh, the old nine and ten combination got on the field, Dion Spice and uh, uh, Valentini uh, came into ten. That that really sort of rattled things up there. You know, things were uh, they were chasing the game, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. listen, as you said, uh, Eastwood know, know know how to win these games, and uh, yeah, they're uh, they're relishing licking their lips uh, um, playing uni next weekend, which is. That they consider it to be the biggest Sydney derby going round. So, yeah, interesting uh, weekend of footy coming up. It would be probably uh, the two bigger powerhouses of the competition the last twenty years for sure. So, I, I could I could agree with that point of view. Um, what kind of a crowd they get at Rat Park won't be as big as a derby, but I'm sure they'll get <laughs> sure they'll get some good numbers up there. And yeah, look, us Manly fans, look, we'll be back. Um, it's our club, but yeah, we just got to find out a way to somehow win uh, at the uh, at the pointy end of the season. So that is something for Phil Blake to uh, consider this off season, and um, we'll see how East we get on this weekend. Our other match was on Sunday at Coogee. Really good match, also. Um, Ramwick have gone down to Gordon. Gordon 23, 24, Ramwick 23. Um, really good match. Ramwick were really in control this one in the first half. And I think there was a critical moment in this one, Casho, where young Poitavan might have reached out for the try just on the stroke of half time and knocked on over the line. I think it was 13-3 at that stage. That was a real momentum shift, I think. Yeah, it, uh, it it really was. I think uh, another score at that stage mm. maybe would have uh, uh, put Gordon on their heels. But uh, listen, they're a, they're a resilient side, and they they prove that just by just by slowly working their way in, into the uh, in, in, into that game. And in the end, it, it ended up being a uh, a penalty try that uh, that got mm. them to twenty four points. So. Uh, Listen, they're uh, they're they're up up to their bootstraps in this uh, in this premiership now. I I think there was uh, Mahi had a, had a had a really good game. Phil Val did uh, did some really good stuff. Um, yep. Uh, Tualangi did uh, did some nice stuff. Um, and James Luff was uh, was good around the field as well. Jordan Goddard, uh, Harrison Goddard as well. And and I thought Jack McGregor controlled that game sort of like. Uh, Quite well, and and Reece McDonald has proved me wrong in, uh, in 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 many ways because I, I I thought he'd be better at ten than he than he is at fifteen, but he's uh, he's he's adding something to that um, to that back three at Gordon. They're going along along really well. Really like the work of Will Terry as well, but uh, Ramwick must be thinking that this was a game that uh, certainly got away from them. It, it it was there for the taking and. Uh, the, you know they they probably haven't played this amount of, uh, at this end of their season for quite some time, so uh, it's probably a learning experience for them. Yeah, Ramwick's probably haven't got a too flash of finals record either, a bit like the Marlins, to be honest. Manly probably more so because they've been there a little bit more. But um, 
Yeah, it was um, it was good to see. I think Donaldson started really well, uh, scored a, a really good individual try. But as you say, Casho Gordon coming back into it, um, a lot of great power running. And then they scored a terrific try to that man, Reese McDonald. thought Jacob Abel's offload uh, to him was was really good, but um, certainly some high-quality rugby now, Swaney, uh, as we head into the final final weeks of the comp. Oh, big time. You know, I think uh, Abel has probably been, you know, probably one of the game changers for them over the last few weeks yeah. at 12. Like, he's been yeah. brilliant, hasn't he? And you add Harrison Goddard to that to that mixture. He just speeds the game up a bit, I, I think. Um, and, you know, his brother... Playing with his brother, he, he, like Jordan Goddard, he's just made for finals footy, isn't he? He's that mm-hmm. kind of big, abrasive, follow me type of leader. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like um, you know Gordon have just started to click a little bit, and like Tristan Foley's a he's a beast, um, an absolute weapon. Um, you know, he's a black belt in taekwondo. No. Yeah. <laughs> He is. So, you there know, you he's, he's pulling out the, the crane kick when he needs to uh, at the clutch <laughs> time. <laughs> but, yeah, I fear the deer, I reckon. These guys are looking good. They've just, they've just started to click, I reckon. Oh, yeah. Well, let's have a quick preview of this weekend's finals. So we're on Sunday, Kasha. Hopefully, you know, no one's got to go to church. Well, you can go early in the morning. Sergio, as you know, but um, yeah, we, we've got a great double header down there at Rat Park, Sydney Uni and Eastwood at one twenty-five. Then at three thirty, North and Gordon. So uh, quite an afternoon's entertainment there, really, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's um, it's uh, going to be a cathedral of rugby down there, you could say. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Um, obviously, Uni and North coming off their week off. Um, I don't know where – I'm going to put a little wager on this one. I'm going to go with Uni um, over the Woodies. And I just think Norse may edge Gordon there, Swaney. What do you reckon, mate? Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think, um, you know, I, I haven't really spoken to anyone from North over the last couple of weeks, but I, I, would, I would suggest or assume that Having that week off would have been very good for getting a few bit of bit of personnel back. Though, only uh, only one, I'm told. will probably come in at hooker, so that'll that'll, that'll add a wee bit of depth. And uh, mm. uh, the the reserve grade side got knocked out of the uh, got knocked out of the comp by Eastwood at North Sydney Oval on uh, on Saturday, so that'll take a wee bit of pressure off. Uh, mm. The reserves bench there, but uh, um, Dave Henaway looked uh, looked looked pretty good. He was uh, he was turning the sausages and uh, selling meat tray raffle tickets on uh, on Saturday. So uh, not sure what he's like uh, at full pace, but uh, he looked alright on uh, on on Saturday. And listen, yeah. he, 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 here's a little omen for the weekend. Northern Suburbs captain Harry Bury won the meat tray. So there you go. It's his week. Mate, that's an absolute stitch-up. <laughs> <laughs> I saw uh, Russell, Mao and Hannaway selling those tickets and they've just given it to their bloody mate. You, you, and, you, and, and I'm going to have a go here, Swanee. There was no barbecue on Saturday. So, ooh. you know, I don't know who's in charge of that down there at Norse, but uh, it's a very frustrated six-year-old's uh, 
travelled over from Manly without a sausage in their hand. Well, Northern Suburbs uh, GM Jack Bury told me that uh, there was a barbecue there. I, oh. I I took him to task, and he said you had to get there early because they sold uh, oh. 150 sausages um, at a margin of four bucks each. So he he was quite happy with the normal the normal sausage sizzle. The yeah. family that runs that they had that they had a family wedding, so they could couldn't turn up. Any truth to the rumor that they've had the same meat tray since two thousand and nineteen? Mm. They've just been giving it to to winners to re-donate back to the club and put it in the freezer again. Right. I, I think Swaney, it's it's one of those things you see in the front of um, uh, Chinese restaurants in Hong Kong. It's all yeah. plastic. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I mean, I've, there's a few grounds around uh, the Shoot Shield where I bought plenty of uh, meat trade tickets, and they've never announced it. They're absolute <laughs> mugs. All the, all the clubs, up. yeah, they're all cooking behind these sheds after the game. Um, but yeah, look, I don't, I don't, I can't really know which way these games are going to go. I, I just got a feeling about Norse. You know, that this, even though they've got those injuries, they're still really, you know, they've got a lot of belief in that side. So. I'll give him a slight edge, but Gordon maybe do look stronger on paper. So we will see. But yeah, I don't know much much more else to talk about, guys. There's only two, two games to review. And um, I can't wait to get into the to, to the games on the weekend. I tell you what was good, boys. Um, you know, and we saw Ben Donaldson uh, obviously being called into the Wallaby squad to get a bit of experience over the next little bit. But up here in Queensland, they had... Uh, quite a few Wallabies going back to clubland and playing. You had James O'Connor and Harry Wilson playing for Brothers. Suliasi Vunavalu played for, for Wests. Um, and, you know, a few other guys sort of laced. Tate McDermott and Jock Campbell played for Uni. So, and they put yeah. on a ton against Sunnybank. So, I, I like that. Just a little shout-out to, you know, the Wallabies having the trust to be able to send a few key personnel, particularly with all the injuries, mm. uh, back to, to club footy and, and let them have a crack. Well, yeah, we got um, Langy Gleeson got called into the Wallabies last week and was still eligible to play on the weekend, which was good. So yeah. I think just prioritising to give these guys um, a bit of footy. But uh, it's so great to see so many club guys um, going straight into that and that Wallabies set up pretty quickly, which which is great. So mm. good to see. All right, boys. Well, short and sharp this week and um, good luck uh, on the weekend. Swain, are you going to be watching some uh, action up north, mate? Yeah, I'll be um, – well, I'll actually be in Adelaide. I'm um, calling the Wallaroos game. Um, Excellent. So I've got a bit of test test experience under my belt as well, which would be nice. Um, and then uh, Sunday I'll be back from on the plane and I think I arrive just in time to put the feet up and watch Sydney Uni v Eastwood on Stan Sport. So Perfect. there you go. That's what I'll be doing. All right, and Casho, mate, you'll be uh, you'll be out there at Rat Park, I have no doubt. Yeah, listen, uh, taking that uh, earlier game will be an absolute cracker, and then uh, and then the, uh, the the North Shore Derby to uh, top off the weekend. So uh, what uh, what what a great weekend! And listen, all all our listeners out there, don't don't forget the uh, the digital Wallabies program comes out around right about lunchtime on Thursday. So plenty of good reading in it. Go. Yeah, so I was going to ask Casho, when was the last time? Norse played Gordon this deep into the finals. Well, it uh, it, it it would have been uh, probably sometime in the uh, oh, it would have been late nineties. I, I remember there was a, yep. a grand final at the Sydney Footy Stadium in nineteen ninety eight, 
where uh, Norse played uh, played Gordon. Gordon uh, triumphed that day, so Norse had to wait uh, uh, another few years to uh, to get that premiership at North Sydney Oval in 2016. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a bit of a drought. And, and mate, I just wanted to ask you, um, you know, for for our listeners out there, you, you talk about the Battle of the Beaches and how big that derby is, and you know the. the there's the hatred is also you know filtered down with a little bit of respect um you know there's there's sort of a little brother big brother feeling what's the vibe like between north and gordon is it just hate oh you know that's that's the basis of it you know like uh, a lot of these guys would have played each other at school and uh, you know they've uh, they've been brought into it and uh, you know um you know north uh Norse had that win coming from 21-0 behind at Chatswood Oval early in the year. Gordon managed to shut uh, Norse out in the in, in the second round game. So uh, yeah, listen, they're uh, you know it's it's always one of those grinding teeth uh, sort of situations if you're a Norse man and uh, you know Gordon Gordon win a premiership. So uh, listen, they'll be they'll, they'll be all out to make sure that that doesn't happen. Well, let's hope um, it's a very good couple of games on the weekend. Thanks, boys, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Joe.